0: The Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Wire World Pro Audio. Now from the Nowcast Network Studios, here's Mike. Hey, welcome
1: to the Audio Nowcast. My name is Mike Rodriguez. And before we get going, let me introduce the guys. And we've got some special guys. Actually, we have a special guy. Actually, I'm going to start with him. Joining us all the way from the land down under Mr. Bobby Summerfield.
2: Mikey, Mikey! <laughs> I saying, G'day, Mike. How you doing? <laughs> How's it, mate? It's lovely to see you all. How you going?
1: It's so good to see you. And uh, we also have Mr. Nick Peck.
3: Well, good evening, Mike. Good evening, everybody. Bobby, I am so friggin' psyched to see you, man. It's just so beautiful. I'm giving you my Zoom hug right now,
4: you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then joining us is Mr. Brandon Birdseye. Brandon.
4: Hey, Mike, good to see you. Good to see everybody.
1: Good to Hello. see you. And finally, the Iron Man of the Audio Nowcast. This is show 216, the one and only Mr. Rob
0: Arbiter. Hello, Mike. Hello, Bobby. How are you, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> God.
1: Bobby, it is so nice to see you, brother. Me it's too, like, mate. you I are so just a.
2: So hard to check in all the time because of the time zones and things like that. Uh,
1: Time zones and uh, lovely views and the fact that you're in Australia. I mean, come on! Uh, How
2: bad is it? Can't (laughs) complain. Just been I've been stranded down here for a couple of years. (laughs) Just while COVID gets cured.
1: Well, you know, later on we're going to talk to you because I want to find out a little bit about your workflow and how it was moving from the US out, uh, you know, out there and and what you had to get used to as far as, you know, working. Hey, but before we do anything, uh, is anybody, have you guys gone to AES to the virtual AES? Has anybody checked that out?
3: I went to a synthesizer convention last weekend called synth booth. Yeah. It was a virtual convention and you know, they had, they had makers, you know, they had, they had manufacturers, they had people giving lectures, they had people doing music performances. Um, and forget it. I'm just going to wait till the world comes back again. It's just, it was unfortunate. I mean, I think they meant well, but it was so it was so uncaptivating compared to Nam or Super Booth or Synthplex or KnobCon or any other con, you know any other music convention that I've been to. It just I wanted to love it and I didn't.
1: Oh man, that's uh, that's kind of depressing. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean everything is going virtual, but there's some things that you just can't enjoy virtually. I'm sorry. It's just there's certain things, you know. There's
3: no excitement. The whole yeah. point of this is going to NAM and you know, seeing you at the API booth and going, Yeah and just going and giving <laughs> you a big hug, you know. It's yeah. it's I mean, I that human content. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, and well also, you know, there's it's it's always like the deals that you can make, but then there's all those side deals where you meet people and you hang out. And I mean, come on, the podcast started because of our Sunday dinners for the NAMM show. And so it's, it's, I I know it's, it's really, it's really tough. I actually, (laughs) I got to moderate a, uh, a panel. I moderated uh, for Carl, uh, on near field monitors secrets of near field monitoring so if you guys check that out online you can see carl talk about near field monitoring um but uh yeah other than that uh, you know i haven't seen much of it but i do know that there's a lot of console manufacturers that are doing like virtual demos i know api is doing virtual demos which basically they go over the features because you you know you can't really do the judge the sound but I will say it's it's not a bad thing if you're really interested in buying a console to have the virtual demo because mainly you want to see the features anyway because you know at a at the trade show you don't really listen I mean who does critical listening at a trade show so. You know, it's it's their best attempt at, at doing something, but yeah, it really just shows how how messed up these times are. You know, because I I really I really I'm gonna miss Nam. I, I mean, all of these. It's just it's just tragic. It really is. It's it's just this weird little time.
0: Yeah, um, at the normal AES show, I would never wear pants either, so this wouldn't have been. <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> uh.
1: Yeah, that's so funny. I I mean, there's just, yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not too jazzed about any of the virtual things. And I've tried a couple just, even sometimes, do you guys, like, have you ever been to, like, someone's webinar and you just get, like, just tired you know for some reason i can get at a webinar and i can just like my eyes just get heavy and you're like uh you know and i'm going thank god i don't have my camera on but still it's it's just it's tiring and then when you have meetings how about zoom meetings where you have to be engaged and they're like long hours long and you're just you're just so so fatigued but anyway it's a strange world and the great thing about it though is look, come in bobby is in australia I mean. That's just amazing. It's, it just I, I, never ceases. You
2: know, yes, it's amazing. lovely to see you guys. Thank you. I'll tell you a very funny story. I don't know if what happened to everybody. Rob reminded me when you said Zoom meetings. I did a Zoom meeting here. Um, it was 4.30 a.m. because they wanted it. It was a New York company and I had to, to talk about music. And I had my notepad right there with the notes ready to go, but I'd left them in my bed because I'd been reading them. I got up, like, wash my face, put a t shirt on, but nothing else. And then I sat down and like talking. Hey, how you doing? Great, You're yeah, ready. So we're going to go over this thing. Bobby, you got your notes? Then I said, Yeah, no. <laughs> so I thought, Oh, I've just got to go and get them quickly. So I got up to get my notes with nothing on underneath my t-shirt, covered most of it. But and then I walked out and I realised shit, I didn't have any shorts on, so I put shorts on and came back in. Nobody oh. said a
1: word. <laughs> Wait, Bobby, do you have all your notes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got
3: my
2: shorts on now, but you wouldn't <laughs> i was i i
3: I was discussing today I was postulating that tubin is going to become a verb, as in to tubin means to be caught doing something on zoom that you really shouldn't be doing <laughs> yeah.
1: <so>. absolutely well <laughs> hey uh I' going to check in with Brandon brandon. did you buy your microphone yeah just so you know what we're talking about, Bobby, is Brandon was in in the market for a microphone 2500 to $4,000, and so... Oh,
4: but
2: like a general purpose microphone? Vocal mic.
4: A vocal mic. I didn't end up getting it yet. Um, to do the um, the demo at home in my studio, I would have to buy, like, all the mics and then return it, <laughs> you know, all <laughs> the ones I didn't want, so I was like, ah, I'll just wait, you know, until all this mask nonsense is over, and I'll go do it in the... Uh, at the location.
0: That's a pretty expensive experiment right there.
4: Yeah. It's like, I don't want to lay down over $20,000 just to pick out a mic, you know, so it's right. <laughs> Is the
2: mic for singing or is it for VO or just talking
4: or? Uh, for singing. Yeah. You know, I was looking at uh, like U47 type stuff and like some of the clones, like the Flea 47, the, uh, what else? There was the uh, Mojave had a, a good one that uh, Bobby Osinski recommended. I checked out, everyone had some great suggestions, so. Yeah. Yeah. Got a good you
2: can actually spend a lot less money and buy three different microphones and really cover the base, believe it or not. If you you know what I'm saying? It's kinda of weird. You can get oh, a yeah. fifteen hundred dollar microphone and an S M seven and yeah. and you know, and, and really do some great work and have much more flexibility than just that one good old big diaphragm tube or something.
4: Yeah, for sure. Pretty for sure. Cool.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, but then you just can't like look at it and touch it. <laughs> I just love it. Come on. Yeah, but you can expensive, get it. Expensive gear. Sound, though.
3: <laughs> yeah. SM7s are awesome.
1: No, they are. <laughs> on the right
3: voice, <laughs> yeah. they're, the, they're the bomb. I,
1: yeah. I, hey, man. I like the TLM 103. I, that's one of my favorite microphones because it's so dang handy on everything. So, yeah, you don't have to spend a lot of money. But, um, well, Brandon, keep us keep us posted on that. Um, let's go back to Bobby. Bobby, so you're in Australia now. Uh and how was it moving from your studio in LA and your whole workflow heading out to Australia?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. And I think a lot of people are finding, uh, experiencing it's tough um, because you get used to a hardware based comp, um, studio and then have to really get all your facility together onto a couple of computers. So I, obviously, I've got a studio in Los Angeles with a nice little live area, which I obviously record live people when I need to, got a nice analog concert, but Of course, I've Computers that I do a lot of the work on. So, what I had to do was, I didn't bring the Mac Pro from Los Angeles, but um, I bought a laptop and two Mac Minis, and I use V Pro as satellite. So, I, I, I travel with that's all I travel with. I mean, from a computer point of view. And then I bring uh, 24 terabyte um, hard drives, um, which I have here basically, um, they're rated and a backup system and everything. So, that basically allows me to do pretty, most, pretty much most um, MIDI style stuff. Um, so, um, the hard thing was to, you know, um, as you most of all know that when you have one computer system and you move over to another computer completely, um, lots of times the applications don't work or the OS is different and everything. So those sorts of things are a real pain in the butt and just like simple little things like in your template, a musical template in your door, you go, Oh, I'll change the colors of this and I'll set this up and that'd be a nice effects chain for some time. And then you realize you get to Australia, you think, Oh, I didn't bring that chain and it's stuck on my mm. computer back in, in, in <laughs> Los Angeles. Mm. So, to circumvent that because I knew I was an idiot um I bought a th- i've got um, a pretty decent um, network set up in my studio in Los Angeles, and I have i p power switches, so it allows me to switch on remotely my computers in in Los Angeles. And I, I, put the Mac, I use Macintoshes over there, except for one Windows machine, which I'm not using online. And I, I put them on. When you go to sleep, if the power goes off, it comes back on again. This is a, this is a, a power mode. On, you know, It's an option in the uh, preferences. So that if I switch my computer off, um, say I put it to sleep, and then I switch the power off, literally switch off the power switch, um, the computer will switch off. But if I apply power to it again, it will re- reboot back on and either log in automatically, which I have it set to do, and then become, and pop itself up online and say, hey, I'm here. So when I needed to, and I have needed to a couple of times, I go into my, my, my Mac Pro in Los Angeles just to see what i had done and just to follow up on things. And matter of fact, exactly to get my template down, um, I just did that. I, I log in, um, and it's really great. It's a you know, rock-solid rock little um, hardware box I have. Um, I've got two of them, actually, and they're pretty cool. So I have access to it, and also um, it's got a, a telephone jack in the front of it, so that in fact, if my IP is down or my network's down, I've got two internet services in my studio in Los Angeles—one as a backup. But if one, if they both went down, uh, I could actually phone my telephone number and enter in a code, and it would switch on the machine, and I could uh, switch on one of the eight buttons for a telephone touchpad, which is pretty cool. <laughs>
1: that is amazing <laughs> that's like that's blowing me away like I, I first of all come on ip power i mean that is incredible that is incredible i'm happy,
2: I'm happy to share you i'll, I'll share with you uh, my screen sets uh my, my screen uh, shots of them they're pretty amazing and and they're i've set it up so um if i wanted to reboot my whole network um, I each power switch is a mechanical relay that gets activated via IP or remotely, um, but i 've also got it on delays so if I switch everything off and say reboot the whole system, it will reboot, switch off, and then it will switch on the network first and network modem first, wait for it to connect, then switch on the router, then switch on the switches, then switch on the computer so it doesn 't switch it all on in the wrong system. With an automatically na- a number assigning network that would freak it all out, which I've learned the hard way. It's like, it's not working. It's like, yeah, can you switch that one on, but this is the guy that gives out the numbers, and it hasn't been switched yeah. on yet. Like, so. That's...
1: that. And there it is, calling you back.
2: <laughs> this is my buddy. I'll, I'll get him as, as a guest. His name's Kevin Shirley. You should look oh, him get up. out. Say hi to him really quickly, Kevo. <laughs> Oh, it was pretty, pretty silly. I'm just on a podcast, which I want to ask you to be a guest on one day. Say hello to everybody here. This is a group hello, of. Everybody. This is my buddy Kevin Shirley, who I've known for 38 years, who's a friend. Hey, first- Kevin. And uh, this is the audio nowcast. I'm online with him, so I won't disturb you. But I'll get you as a guest on here one day, and I'll call you back later on for tequilas. Hello to watch the
4: podcast.
2: Exactly. Make it harder and brighter than everything else. <laughs> <laughs> and you, and I know you'll take care of the bottoming. You know I will always do. <laughs> Cheers, <Anna. So. laughs> he's my buddy that's got the SSL down the street from me, and um, I, I'll get him as a guest on if you like one day. You look him up; he's done everybody. Led Zeppelin, absolutely.
3: Kevin Shirley, isn't he like a famous hard rock
2: producer? Or do I have he, him? He's confused a famous with... hard rock producer. He's my very dear friend, and my, my tequila buddy. <laughs> yeah, he is very famous. That's. Um, yeah, it's cool. So That's um, fantastic. But, I it yes. so, but to answer your question, yeah, so migrating from a hardware studio to a software studio only is obviously somewhat tough. So I brought a very limited little system with me. Um, as I say, three computers networked together, a little controller keyboard, two microphones, one dynamic, SM7, and one 414, because the 414 is obviously condenser, but it has a b- bunch of polar patterns. And SM7 is pretty good for most things. But I could do a lead vocal or a vocal on any one of them and i could record acoustic guitar on the, on the 414 or, or on the sn7 but you know it gives me the, the flexibility of a decent big fra- fra- you know cheap large frame diameter microphone and, and and that sort of thing so i just had to minimize things and make things you know concise and small but i miss the hell out of hardware stuff any i don't know just the smell of it you know <laughs> just the, and uh, you know i know i'm looking at all you guys and your lovely studios behind me. <laughs> i'm salivating but you know well
1: you had you had such a great studio too. It was just had a great vibe to work in. Yeah, I mean, that's really the fun. thing about your place, is it has just a great vibe. Well, I'm blown away. I'm still trying to process the whole I, IP power thing. There's so many great uses for that. There's so many good uses for that. I well, it's, it's amazing.
2: It's, um, and it's something for all of us to realize that you know, you if you do go away, just remember you may have to get in if your stuff is not on a cloud or and you don't want the computer to run for two years while you're away obviously yeah Uh, if you have that ability and uh, lots of times people use wemo and those sorts of things but they're not as reliable as this one mine's like a military spec hardware box it's expensive but it's worth it certainly worth it um and then i can switch things on and off um and then i put i've got cameras all over the place so i can actually have a video a live video of my rack so i can see all the lights and i positioned all my hardware such that i could see the activity lights on the video so i knew that, um, that uh, you know, if something's wrong, I can do, you know, a visual, um, uh, you know, error check, uh, you know, um, problem solving, troubleshooting, rather. And then I also have Wemo lighting system where I can switch on the lights and light up the place to see if something's working. And everything. So, yeah, it's wow. kind of cool. That's one of the things. To- well, you know,
1: it's with... What's great about that setup and what I'm thinking about is when things get back to normal and people travel again and you have production, you know, how many times have you gone someplace and it's like, man, that file, if I can only get that file. And to have the ability to turn on your work system and then go to that file. Absolutely. And then, yeah, and, and then turn it off. It's it's like that would
0: never be an excuse ever
2: again. Okay.
0: So. One of the things that I did is uh, for a similar kind of setup, not exactly the same, but I bought um, uninterruptible power supplies, you know, battery backups for the studio that do have that remote capability too. So even if the power's out, you can call in remotely, have it turn on the studio, run the studio on battery power for a few hours, uh, wow. even if you're away.
2: Yeah. And- I've got, got the same thing. I've only got 30 minutes on mine, but exactly. I've got 30 minutes. I made a mistake just by the way, when I first did this, I put my computers and everything all on, all on the battery backup. And I'm thinking, oh, that's that's a genius. Because in LA, as you know, you get brownouts or earthquakes and your power goes off. So we did, we got a, we got a power outage. And I thought, brilliant i can just press save and all is good meanwhile what did i forget to put on my flat panel monitors on the backup system so i couldn't see where my mouse was <laughs> or what i was clicking on anyway so i was like oh loser that happened a lot
0: of times also people will put everything except their uh, like the network modem
2: exactly <laughs> Modem. <laughs> <That's> a, <key. laughs> a lot of good yeah, no, that's key. A little trial and error, but obviously use your logic. Can you go okay? And if I do power this thing up, make sure he powers up in the sequence that's correct, and all sorts of things. It's pretty cool. <laughs>
1: that's actually that's pretty cool. And that actually brings up Rob, what you're talking about. You know, brings up a good point as far as you got to plan your power. Like if you're going to do all the safety power stuff, like you got to make a plan for your power. You know, everything, every any small little detail, and uh, and things you know like I- that
0: now though and it's something you don't think about when you're first all excited and buying this stuff and I guess a lot of this stuff I bought I don't know 15 years ago something like that those batteries don't last forever and now oh. mine are all starting to go and they weigh like a hundred pounds <laughs> and APC is where I, you know the company I bought the stuff from and they're still big you know they're still around but now I got to look into okay how do you get a replacement battery I'm sure you don't have to replace the whole unit I'm sure you can replace the battery but the battery weighs a hundred pounds and what do you do with the old one You
3: have to recycle it. And they're really toxic. Um, We were out looking for a car the other day um, at a a used car place at CarMax. And I looked over and said, Oh, look at that. You can get a Nissan Leaf for $10,000. Really? And the sales guy said, Yeah, you don't want to buy that. And I said, Why? And he said, You know, I said, It's a four year old car. And he said, Because it now gets 80 miles on a charge because the batteries have degraded so much. And it's like,
2: Oh. 80 miles. Yeah. yeah that, I, I replace my batteries every three years. They go quite quickly and they're bloody heavy. You're right. Absolutely. And expensive. But I made a mistake as well. Halfway through my cycle, I bought a cheaper brand than the APS brand and it didn't last as long. They, they last like nine months less. Yeah. Just so you know. Uh, the, I mean, cheaper. it
0: really has been 15 years. It's It's been okay. But I just now I got to deal with that. Because the other thing is – as I've only learned now after 15 years, when the batteries go bad, when you turn the unit on, it just flashes a bad battery warning sometimes. Like it won't just power on. So even though the electricity is fine, yeah, it won't turn on because it knows the battery's bad. Does it need part, a partial charge to, to send the juice through? <laughs> It must. I mean, what I've done now is just the one that's really misbehaving. I just bypass it. And you definitely wouldn't want one of these things to explode. <laughs> so, you know, I'd rather be safe than sorry, but it is kind of a drag. When you're ready to do a session, you hit the power switch and it says bad battery. Okay. Okay. Really quick. For, we need to, I'm going to do, a, everybody's going to get a chance
1: for this one, but we're going to tell some stories of power failures. All right. And I'm going to open it up with a story about it, power failure. Oh, Oh, Is that your login?
2: There it is. That's cool.
1: So I remember, you know, power is so important, but a lot of times we don't, you know, you just take it for granted. You just get that little thing and you plug it in. Um, And I remember one time we were on tour with Stevie Wonder and uh, we were in Singapore and Rob knows a story that I'm going to talk about where they had the, uh, they (laughs) ran like 220 down all the 110 and just fried, just fried gear left and right. And we and we we saw all the whole stage, right, Rob, was running off of this giant, like, I don't know what it was. It had a giant dial where he, like, dialed the voltage, but, like, everything was plugged into that, and that was controlling the whole stage, and that was wrong. And, uh, unfortunately, it was Stevie's main uh,
0: wave frame rack that was the first
1: thing that I found out.
0: So everything burned very brightly for everything burned very brightly for a very short time. <laughs> oh I, and I've never seen Rob. The look on his
1: face was like he knew it was bad and and it was just it was a combination of disgust and pain and, <laughs> and just just you know what can you do? <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> Anybody else have any horror stories having to do with
2: power? Similar ones to those. In South Africa, we used to do. I used to do the a, a long time ago. We used to do these multiracial gigs with a with a multiracial bank called Jaluca at that stage. And we often used to play in townships, which were black or uh, black, where black people were laid, were sort of stuffed away uh, by the white oppressive regime at that stage. Anyway, the the power wasn't always the best there, and I remembered. Uh, one time we got sent to do a gig there, and I asked the guy, well, where's the power? And he said, it's there, and he pointed to the to the dirt, and there literally was raw wires, 360 phase, uh, uh, three phase, 360 amp wire. Jesus. Just masking taped to, to stop them shorting out, laying buried in a like a dirt box And the thing. He said, that's where you gotta plug into. And he was absolutely right, and I pulled it out, and I thought, well, I'm sure it's not on, and I'm gonna have to call somebody to switch it on, but I checked, and it was on. <laughs> <laughs> 220 volts, three-phase. So it's like, yeah, that sort of stuff. That's, that's Africa.
1: <laughs> it's pretty funny and quite, really quite funny, really. Uh, it's cr- that's crazy. Brandon, any power horror stories?
4: Yeah, I think I told this story a couple of podcasts back, but I'll tell it again real quick. But I was on stage maybe, I don't know, 18 years ago, performing with a little electro rock band, had my laptop, was syncing to another laptop. that was playing video and – and during soundcheck, uh, one of the guys that worked there kicked the power cord, and it that went to my uh, my laptop, and somehow it corrupted the file uh, that my whole you know performance project file. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, all right, you know, and I didn't have a duplicate, but I had you know I went to the previous version, and uh, I pulled that up. All right, it looks the same. I'll, I'll play with this, but what I had forgotten is I hadn't. In the project file, I had uh, frozen a lot of the tracks, so they weren't taking up a bunch of CPU. This file didn't have that. So yeah. three songs in, it, it just overloaded, and just, <laughs> and it was just done. So we were like, thank you, good night, and we just walked off stage. Uh,
1: <laughs> so it was a short show. I, that was crazy. How about you, Nick? <laughs> any,
3: any power horror stories? Oh, well, a couple of them. <laughs> uh, this this one uh, just happened a couple of weeks ago, also about a car, so not directly related to music. But, you know, I got into my car, and I need to to go somewhere, and I hit the button, and the car didn't start. And I hit it again, and the car didn't start. And then I went, that's odd. It smells like rotten eggs in my car. I wonder what that is. So I then go, and I get um, – I call AAA – uh, and have them come to be able to jumpstart my car so that I can take it to you know somewhere to to replace the battery. And they and I said, it's really funny. It smells like rotten eggs in the car. And he goes, Yeah, that's sulfuric acid that is in your compartment uh, because the battery has died. We're not gonna tow. We're not gonna take you anywhere and jumpstart the car because you're not going to breathe those toxic fumes. So. Uh, the next day, I had to like tow the car somewhere without anything, and then have them just replace the whole battery system. So, if you're ever in your car and you smell. and you smell rotten eggs, get the hell out because that's a bad thing.
2: Uh, I smell uh, rotten hey. eggs in my car, but that's not that's not what I ate last night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey Rob,
0: what about you? Do you have any other horror power horror stories? I do, and actually, the uh, the car one reminded me. I had actually, I'm having power issues right now. The lights. <laughs> I just I just saw that. <laughs> Haunted. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but, uh, yeah, a few weeks ago, I was uh, using a friend's Chevy Volt, and I went to start and, it wouldn't start, and it turned out that rats had eaten the wires going to the charging oh, jack. So that was uh, a fun, expensive repair. But, no, what I was going to say, my the worst of the power stories I ever had, we were actually going to be doing a session here in this room, and we had a ton of gear turned on because it was going to be a big session. I forget if it was an orchestra or um, – uh, a big band or something. But we had, you know, a lot of mic lines, a lot of mic praise, a lot of electronics going. We're recording in several rooms and it was a big deal. And I came in to get uh, ready for the session. I got here before uh, everybody else. And I smelled that electronic smell, you know, that burning transformer smell, which we all know very well. Oh, yeah. And that smell is never good news. Like, you never smell that smell and then think, oh, something's going to work better now. Like it <laughs> yeah. But I started looking at all the equipment and everything seemed to be on and i thought okay something's definitely dead you never smell that smell and have everything work okay and i looked and i could not figure out what it was and so then people started showing up for the session we started recording and i thought okay something's going to be dead i had to open up the doors and windows to get the smell out and i said this is going to be bad at some point we're going to figure out that something burned out And sure enough, it wasn't until we were ready to record, it was one of the stereo mic pres, like half of it had died. Mm. And then it was super obvious. As soon as we had all the mics up and all the talent ready to go, then we realized something wasn't working. But that little treasure hunt, when you smell the smell and you don't know what died, that is a terrible feeling. Because you also think, okay, that could be a $5 thing. That could be a $10,000 thing. Yeah, just have no way of knowing.
1: You know, you know, power is the kind of thing that you, like I said, you take for granted, but it can be so dangerous so fast, and it may not even be, um, you know, in your control. And a good example is um, when I was on my very first tour, uh, it was with Striper, and we were playing all these rock clubs up and down the East Coast. And I don't know where we were, it could be North Carolina, it could be in, you know, Tennessee, but we played this one club, and... You walk back to the tech area because, you know, all clubs have tech areas. So you walk back in the tech area and you see all of these orange extension cords. And I went there and I looked at these orange extension cords and I said, what is this? I mean, I'm not talking like one. I'm talking like 60, like a big old thing like this. So then I look up and I start just my own thing and I, I follow it. And like, okay, it goes behind that wall behind the paneling, and then it comes out. And, then, and there's all of these extension cords going across the ceiling to the lights. They're all plugged into the, to the, to the lights. The, they're physically plugged into the lights. And it looks like the guy had like this homemade lighting board. To make a long story short, he plugs it in, fires it up, and all of a sudden we see like, push like a fuse and <laughs> one of those lights shorted out and I'm like that is so dangerous that is so we could not believe how how bad it was like it was really really bad I mean that's that's you know people take power so lightly but a situation like that especially years later when you see all those disasters that happens
0: in in well, some we, of the nightclubs were you were you mike with us on the stevie wonder show was it monte carlo or someplace where the show ended with the
2: fire no that was uh...
0: no I, we had one show where i forget where we were but stevie used to have these giant road cases to hold all the technology and a lot of them looked like sort of like you know those giant freezers or whatever like you might put in a garage you know those big giant cases and I remember one of these anvil cases, the rubber had come off the, one of the wheels. And if the rubber comes off the wheels, it's just sort of like a sharpened disc. Oh, <laughs> yes. I was like, I know exactly what you're talking oh, about. Go ahead. Right at the end of the show, it was really like on the last chord or right after the last chord, a person on the crew who will remain nameless. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't me. Just so you know. But right at the end of the show, he pushed to get ready to get the equipment put away. He pushed this case over the main power cable, oh. the entire stage, and basically cut it in half. And so the entire show just ended. Like lights out, sound off, completely done. Just there was a loud boom as all the amplifiers, you know, got this loud power short. But that was the most colossal way we've ever in, ended a show.
1: That was the that was in Monte Carlo, and that was the World Music Awards. You that, know, just that small a small little show. <laughs> <laughs> you have all did,
3: this and all these dignitaries. Did that guy uh, continue to work with you, or was that the end of the road for him?
0: No, okay. continued. I won't even say if it's a guy or a girl, but they can. <laughs> Let's put it this way: if there was one person
1: that was going to do that, it was him, and he like he's been there long enough he he earned the right to make those kind of mistakes. <laughs>
2: talking of current, um. talking of uh, voltage and and concerts, do you guys have you ever seen these big rolls of wire on obviously all guys have been backstage on big shows where there's lights. Have you ever noticed that the wire is um, is always folded in a figure of 8? Do you know that? Mm-hmm. Well you, you should know that but everything that draws a lot of current um, it, it gets the wires hot and lots of times the, the cable is 100 meters long because they don't know what stage they're going to play on so they're on a 30 meter stage and they've got 70 meters to roll up sure so they roll up in a circle that circle gets really hot like a transformer, and actually just melts and actually causes a fire so you have to hold roll it up in a big circle then twist it once to make a figure of eight and it's like phase inversion and that's huh. it. and that's what it does then it stops the heat build up and it's st- it's called eddy currents and it reduces eddy currents and it causes fires Use this bit of information, but when you do, which I did, I did uh, a, a PA um, e- electrics wiring up. It's one of the things you learn for high current stuff. Yeah. Things like lights and big things like that. So interesting, useless bit of information that nobody will ever use again because of <laughs> everything. No, but
1: you know, when it comes to power, power fascinates me because when you pull up into a venue, like let's say whatever venue it is, uh, you know, from an arena to a, uh, you know, an outdoor amphitheater, a lot of times the power that they have, you have to jack right into the plates. So they'll just have like this giant cabinet thing where they open it up and you have these plates. And I always thought the scariest job in the world is the person who has to actually clip on to those plates like that would just i I couldn't do it it would be so scary because the amount of power that's coming through that little box um is is, yeah it's deadly and it's it's crazy and it's just right there it's like this whole stage is run by by these plates and just basically looks like giant jumper cables
0: that are attached to them by the way you just reminded me of one other story and i don't know if you were with us for this one mike in indonesia i think it was we had, it was a Stevie show again, and, and the whole show had to be powered by a generator because we were in the middle of uh-huh. somewhere in Indonesia that just didn't have enough power. And I will never forget this. They couldn't get the generator to start, and I ended up going behind the venue with Stevie's brother, who at the time was working on the tour, and I was actually standing there pulling the ripcord like a, like a lawnmower, like... <laughs> 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 That's a really generator, really? Yeah. <laughs> It was ridiculous. And I was doing this like five minutes before the show was supposed to start and that was going to be the main power for the stage. And that was as down to the wire as we ever got with like, I mean, that was pretty Mickey Mouse.
1: You know, it's so funny. That's hilarious because it reminds me, if you do touring long enough or you do shows, live shows, everybody's played that sketchy venue where you're like, really, this is the venue? This is what we're playing, you know? Uh,
2: I remember. And we got The Generator that had an analogue synth. It was a Poly 61, I think it was, mm. back in the day, also in South Africa, 1980s. Um, and it was running on a crappy little generator, little wind-up thing, and I had a decent, half-decent PA, and every time the guy ch- hit the bass drum, and if the keyboards were playing, it would go, mm, because of the current of the bass drum, <laughs> it would make, make the, the tuning of the, of the synth change, because the That's current the generator just didn't deliver enough juice. <laughs> Crazy.
1: Uh, That's amazing. Well, all this to say, I love this conversation because it's, I mean, power is so important. So man, really UPS is, especially now with everything that's going on, who knows how long it's going to be before there's a giant EMP or something. It just fries everything. But, uh, yeah, really plan your power, UPSs. And actually, Rob, you brought up a really great point. It's like, if you've had your UPSs for 10, 15, five years, you, you got to start checking those batteries because, man, <clears throat> there's nothing worse than having your backup fail when you needed your backup to be a backup. You know, That's like your backup drive after
0: your main drive dies and you have your backup drive. Oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> then your backup drive dies. And they can always sense a stressful situation. That stuff never happens when you have time to deal with it. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, it's always, always, always
1: uh, at the worst time known to mankind. And uh, speaking of the worst time, if you ever get your uh, power um, kicked out while you're performing – don't plug the power back in super fast because you can cor- corrupt files.
4: <laughs> that's probably what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to, that's
1: like, that's like, uh, you know, that's like Backline Tech 101. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, moving on. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you guys really quick before we uh, wrap up this uh, this potpourri of a, of a show. Um, so during this time of COVID and while we're all like trying to figure out our way, um, do you guys find it? I had this conversation with a friend and I wanted to open up to you and I, it, and it's a little bit kind of on what we were talking about, about depression. And he was talking about how, you know, working in COVID right now and he tries to be creative. He, it, it's almost brings on a little bit more depression having to be creative because it's it seems so futile to him and i thought that was pretty interesting because to be honest i've been in that situation i've had a couple of things where it's like you got to get something done and you're like how, i just why you know you just you, not that you're giving up but you just have this sense of 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 hopelessness about it. It's really weird. I don't know. And I just wanted to know, you know, we're all creatives here and we're all having to work on stuff. Does anybody, is anybody feeling any of that? Like just it's, and is it affecting your work and is it? If is it affecting what you do? Um, and I just wanted to just open this
0: up, you know, to anybody out there. I mean, a lot of the stuff that I'm working on, I'm always depressed.
2: So there
4: we
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> a, a lot of the stuff that I'm working on now, uh, it truly won't be viable until all of this craziness is over so i just kind of s- try to stay in the mindset that i'm i'm not doing things for today i'm doing them for a few months from now and it's it's hard to endlessly tell yourself that um but i mean if if there was not this pandemic the stuff i'm doing right now would be relevant right now but you know you can't you can't change what you can't change so i'm just trying to stay in the mindset that this is almost like a gift to have all this extra time to do it that much better and to uh, be ready when the time is right, you know, next year sometime. But yeah, it's really hard to stay in that mindset. You know what the Rob, you just, you gave
1: me a great little nugget there because you know, if you approach it, like you just said, like you're getting ready for everybody to start. Like we're about to start the most amazing race ever. It's all like a reset, right? When all this, when they say, okay, you don't have to wear a mask and you open everything up, like everybody's going to, that's talking about a new beginning. That's kind of exciting if you think about it that way.
0: Definitely. You know? There are going to be people who made use of the time off and people who oh, just yeah. wasted the time off. So I'd rather be someone who made use and when we all come out of this, has something to show for it. So that I try to fast forward in my mind because it's, it's not too hard to imagine things going back to normal eventually. Uh, you know, not soon, but eventually. And at that time, you can envision what the world's going to kind of look like. And and now is the time. There's plenty of time to even explore multiple things to see how you want to be fitting into that world when it comes back.
1: No, that's that's a good point. And actually, I'm going to use that as like, okay, uh, I'm I'm aiming for a, a different level. You know, so that's actually good. Anybody else, Nick? How about you? You ever? You ever? Well,
3: I mean. I- You know, I mean, we've talked about this before. Um, You know, I, like many people here, have battled depression for a really long time. Um, In the current situation, and I'm not doing a poor me because I'm, you know, I still have a job. Um, I have a full-time job and I have two children that I am completely responsible for their school. So I've got a 15-year-old in high school who is utterly bummed out and doesn't see the point in anything. And so I'm trying to keep him motivated, which is difficult. That would be difficult with a teenager under normal circumstances. Right. Um, and then I have an 11-year-old who I have to be her teacher. I am sitting there helping her all day long. And so between that and working, the mindset I have is I don't, I don't get that luxury. I don't, I don't, I don't get to. Because there's just too much, there's too much on my shoulders for me to have the luxury of being bummed out. And the good news along those lines is um, I've released a ton of creative art-based you know, based music and YouTube videos and things during this period. So I feel very fortunate about the fact that, um, you know, that I'm still feeling very creative and still am in the mode where I wish I had more time than I do for working on the lovely art projects that I enjoy so
1: much. Wow. How about you, Brandon?
4: Yeah, I'm in a similar situation to Nick. You know, me and my wife are both working from home and we've got two young children, you know, so it's, I'm running between homeschooling my son and running back to my studio. To, yeah. know, try to get a half hour work here and then go back. It's a challenge. Um, but just a positive note about, you know, to anyone who's feeling depressed out there, um, what we're going through right now is the, what we're all experiencing are the birth pains of a new renaissance of human consciousness. What's, and don't, don't ask me how I, I know that, or, or maybe you guys are feeling the same thing, but just watch what happens in the coming months. It's going to blow people's minds. It's going to be better than it's ever been before in the coming years and months. So it's, this is, this is the, if this was a movie, we're coming to the climax and it's going to, it's all going to get better very soon.
3: Sorry, It's Go not ahead. a
4: political statement at all. It's yeah. just, that's a hum- humanity statement. It's, it's about to uh, get a lot better. So just hang in there. Hold the line. <laughs> we're all in this together. It's going to get really good.
3: From well, that, your you mouth know to God's ear, Brandon. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> and like two years from now, it'll be really fun to turn around and go, oh, so this is what you were talking about.
1: Yeah. It's,
0: <laughs> I mean, how about you, Bobby? You're out there in the promised land. I was just going to say, there's plenty of history to back that up, though. I mean, usually when people have gone through dark times like this there's you know it's it's a dark period but there's a much brighter period afterwards that's just it's history i'm willing to believe that i
2: I think uh, both nick and brandon i think uh said exactly what i was thinking too it's it's horrible of course people dying and this whole the restrictions of covid and whatever but it has been a moral reset for a lot of humans in the world and i do think that a lot of people are really reconsidering their lives and, and what they what they're actually doing with their life, the value valuable of it. And and some of it is some of the people are not working right now, but they're most probably actually enjoying their family time more than ever before. Yeah. Unfortunately some people are not and realizing they're married to the wrong person, they're beating them up. But <laughs> which is terrible. <sighs> but it's very, very true. And that's really, yeah. really a terrible thing. But from, from a survivalist point of view, and, and obviously I'm a bit dark from time to time and, and deal with, you know, the dark demons that we, I think all creatives do at mm stages and ages of their lives. Um, one of the things I would highly recommend, of course, is depressing and and you feel a bit despondent and you think, oh, my life's this and that, and I'm losing a year of life here and specific money worries and all that sort of things. I honestly always revert back to trying to keep positive, but sometimes it's hard. But putting one step ahead of each other and getting yourself an exercise program. Watch out with the booze and the drugs. And I love drinking and I love good old drugs and drinking. Although I'm not advocating either of the both, but certainly drinking now. I still. We'd enjoy a good tequila and a good margarita, but watch it. It's very easy to get yourself in these days and times. Drink your sorrow down. You only feel worse the next day, and it's a slippery, slippery slope. What I did was – I'll show you right now on my floor. Oh,
1: there you go.
2: Uh, hardwood and i got some weights and i uh, got some belts and stuff like that. The hardwood is there for me to do a bit of cardio. If it rains or something, I'll get my roller skates on or do something. And I do weights every day. And it's just a little bit of getting the old blood going. Um, I don't have kids, of course, so I-, I have the luxury of an extra half an hour a day. But either way, while the computer's doing this rendering or doing something or other, or I'm, whatever I'm doing, I'm sent, uh, checking a mix out, two-minute song, and I'm checking the mix. Yeah, I d- do a couple of curls while I'm doing that because it's important just to keep yourself feeling vital. And not also looking in the mirror and going, "Oh, I'm just getting flabby and dying here because I can't go out like a wilted flower." So it's it's definitely challenging. But I think sometimes it maybe makes us look interior, uh, internalize and evaluate the things that we're doing in life, which have been good, and also the things that we've been wasting their life on and lots of superfluous junk. I can certainly say, oh, "I'm not going to bother doing that anymore once this gets done," you know. And and seeing more value in things that really are valuable for this very finite amount of livable lovely life that we have ahead of us, including our parents and our families and our kids and the things we love doing and not wasting on lots of other crap and
4: you
1: know. <laughs> that's you know what that is so well said. I just want to add one quick thing um, One thing I told my friend was that you know there's power in positivity there really really is if if you keep a positive attitude and you you verbally say positive things yeah. like. There have literally been studies done where uh, there's just this this power of positivity. Um, so verbalize the positive as much as you can. You know, just hear yourself saying saying this stuff and keep your negatives, you're going to feel them, but don't, don't empower them. Don't verbalize them necessarily. Yeah. Just stay on the positive.
0: Rob, were you going to say something? Yeah, I mean, and I'm, I'm a, normally a very positive, optimistic person and I still am. And I still think that good times are coming and that's what I'm working so hard to prepare for. But the thing that brings me back down to earth is I I know people who've died from COVID, yeah. And the fact that they're not going to be here to enjoy those good times when they come back is something that just brings you back down to earth. Because yeah, these I believe there are good times coming. It would be it would be better if those people were still around to celebrate them. That's it. and I realize you got to take the good with the bad and everything else. But it's that's the sobering thought that you keep coming back to. If, well, yeah. If COVID's actually affected you directly.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I mean. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm with you, Rob. I've known several people that have actually passed away from COVID. And then, yeah. on on the positive side of that horrible thing, I've known several people who've got it, and then it's just passed. You know, I, I know a lot of people that are like that. I have a friend right now. I found out today he has COVID, um, but he's like it feels great, and he's just gonna, you know, he's gonna quarantine himself and just monitor.
0: Like, you, I mean, I know. I know some people who've died and I know some people who've caught it. And of the people I know who've caught it and got better, the best, there are two or th- no three that I'm thinking of who were in their upper 90s. Wow. Yeah. Crazy thing, including a 98-year-old who's now completely fine. She had it and she's completely fine. It's so unpredictable. Yeah. yeah. stories make me feel really good, you know? So it's all a guessing game, but, you know, it'll be a nice when this guessing game's over. That's all. And, you know, the last thing I want to say is if you are feeling bad, don't beat
1: yourself up about it. You know, yeah. it's all kind of normal. It's all kind of normal to have your your ups and downs. I, I, I think it would be really hard if, if you were, like, if you just tried to artificially stay on that high, 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 high. And you can tell your friends that are going through that because you look at their Instagrams and it's all this positive thought and everything. And then all of a sudden that lasts for about two weeks and all of a sudden – you don't hear from them and you're like okay they're in a valley and so it's like you have permission to to feel bummed you have permission to do that it's you know sometimes you can go to your creativity and that can bring you out of it but sometimes you go to your creativity if you're if you tend to be a darker creative sometimes they can you know that can push you over the edge so just be aware maybe sometimes it's not the best thing to start you know your dark album <laughs> if you're
0: feeling really really dry. I think another thing that's going to be really helpful, and this is not, not from a political point of view, but it's just going to be nice, whatever happens, to have the election behind. Oh, yes, absolutely. Level from that, whichever side you're on is immaterial. It's just that whole pile of stress, whatever's going to happen, you're going to have people who are happy about it and people who aren't happy about it. Let's just get it over with already. <laughs> Two weeks. Two yeah. weeks.
2: I posted on my Facebook, America's, America's going to have a bowel movement. <laughs> be part of the lexical vote.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, um, anybody want to add to that? Because I don't want to. If anybody has anything else, they say to. I want to.
3: I, wanna, I, I just want to say one thing, uh, which you know, I was sort of really reflecting on what Rob was saying, um, and that is, this is a wonderful opportunity for everyone to a be exceedingly gentle with themselves and to really, really cut yourself a lot of slack and then externalize that. It's a perfect opportunity for as much empathy and compassion as you possibly have in you and realize that everybody else is suffering too. And all of the love and all of the support that you can give everybody is something that we need now more than ever.
0: And you can tell that, just even going to the grocery store or whatever, you can tell everybody's wound like a banjo string. Oh, yeah. Yeah driving and walking around everybody's just like zzz, yeah. buzzing and- but,
1: but you know everybody's so wired that it actually is a really good opportunity for you to say a kind thing or for you to do a kind gesture like talking about the other day i was in line uh social distancing over at best buy you know so i was in line and uh as i'm going through the line i just started you know just started saying little one-liners and it was just cracking people up left and right. And it's not because I'm super funny. It's just, I think they were just desperate on, (laughs) of, uh, you know, just to hear something positive. And it was, it was just really, um, it was really amazing just to see, you know, if you just say something a little kind or a little fun thing, how people just literally—they, you just—you can't tell if they're smiling because we all have masks on, but you just see that, you know, when your eyebrows go up and you can, like, <laughs> you know, they're smiling underneath. and that It's was a really,
3: really opera. It's a really wonderful time to just create random acts of kindness for sure. And you're such a jolly guy, Mike. That you know, I'm sure that even strangers can tap into that and you know, Uh, uh, and enjoy being
1: around you. I mean, I enjoy, I, you know, that's one of the things that I I miss is just meeting random people, you know, with all my travels and everything. I just met some just amazing people that, that just at concerts or at restaurants or, you know, just, you know, you never know when, when you can, a small little act can just open a door to, to an amazing Um, opportunity i'll give you an example Um, when we were filming in amsterdam for the amsterdam uh, episode of spaces we went to there's this bar there and uh, we had dinner at a restaurant there and then we went to the to the bar and there was a piano player and so we uh, was like oh when's a piano player coming back and um they said oh you know what he just got off um, because he was really good we heard him as we were having dinner and we heard him and he was just amazing and we're like oh it's that's so bad he was just he was just really good and so we said well just tell him that you know we're from america and he just has he's just phenomenally talented and we really enjoy just listening you know to him you know through the door anyway so we're sitting there he comes back right the piano player does and he says, "Oh, I understand you you know you want to hear some piano playing, and they had already put the piano away, takes us into the um hotel lobby. it was this lavish lobby where they have this big grand and he we get a concert twenty minute concert of him playing mm. the piano and it was the most amazing thing, and it was all because we gave a compliment, so it's just you just never know you know where a kind word will lead you when you meet somebody it just all it just it just goes like that, you know, and next thing you know it, you're, you're getting a concert by this amazing pianist. And, and I, I ended opposite, up actually, what, what
2: to me? I had the opposite, I was in Amsterdam. I had the opposite happen. I saw this woman, I said, nice ass and she hit me. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, you know what i'm not not notes
3: (laughs) i remember being in amsterdam and going into this coffee shop and i don't remember what happened after that at all
1: Uh, uh, all right well we're just gonna not talk about that anymore Uh, all right, guys. Well, hey, this has been kind of fun. It turned into a uh, a, a potpourri, and uh, just you know, just so we'll be honest with our uh, our eight listeners that we have out there, this actually wasn't the show that we were planning. This is kind of like a last minute because uh, we had some technical issues. But we have a wonderful guest that we'll be bringing back on the next podcast. Um, but before we go, uh, guys, anybody working on anything they want to talk about? Yeah, my
4: my
2: suntan, no, (laughs) I just launched a new music library, um, not launched, it got released about two weeks ago, Um, 32 CDs, well, I've got 29 up right now, and I've got another 27 coming by the end of COVID next year, Uh, that's exactly what I've been doing in this COVID world, Um, started a new music library, just getting distribution, Um, it's pretty much television music um, underscore drama, dramatic, sound design, stuff like that. So I'm up to, uh, as I said, got 29 CDs up right now. And that's what I've been working on, just cranking away. And then I'm doing a package for uh, ABC or Disney's ABC, um, a sound design package for their promos. So that's what's kind of nice. I'm just sitting there making noises and having a good old time and just uh, making the most of it. But trying to also be positive, like Nick and, and, and every, we're all saying, Brandon and everybody, we're all saying the same thing. Trying to be positive. Uh, with myself gentle with myself and nice and be nicer to other people and you know, just realize that we're all humans and covid can kill you and it's you don't have to be nasty it's not not the be all and end all of the world. You get you know not, nice guys don't end last
1: great so, uh, and bobby it's so good to see you and hopefully you'll join us for some more podcasts because it's it's pretty be, awesome
2: so mission in action sorry about that
1: that's too. okay no it's great um anybody else working on anything they want to they really want to talk about
4: well, not really a project, but I've been diving deep into the HydroSynth, which is right back here. I'm oh. going, yeah, I was telling Mike today on the phone. It's just, I've, I'm have i like, you know what? I don't want to just have this and, you know, use it sometimes. I want to master this thing. So I'm diving in there and I'm going to create an entire patch bank of 128 patches and oh, and through that process, master it. So that's where I'm at, having fun that's with it.
3: That's
1: You a know beautiful. what? that that's a great idea too uh which brandon you reminded me because i was going to mention that like if you really want to learn a synth program patches for that synth yeah you know because you got a deep dive so that every patch doesn't sound the same so you're going to get super creative and you're going to do all kinds of stuff and you'll really get to get to know the, the synth and so that's a great thing i can't wait to hear some of your patches and i'll be the first one to say hey brandon can I uh, borrow that patch, bank?
4: <laughs> you got to buy your HydroSynth first.
3: I know. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work on your sequential.
4: circuits.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: no, you know what? I I
1: want one. I but here's the thing with gear, and and then we'll uh, I'll get off this. But see, I don't get gear until it can kind of pay for itself so I'll either I'll put it in, even if I put it in a budget like if I'm doing a film or doing something then that's where that's where I get my gear uh, and that's actually a smart way to get gear because that way you can it, it just kind of grows as your as your business grows but um, but I, I already have a way to, to justify the hydrosynth I'm working on a project and I need to have a sound effects budget so it's going to be listed under sound effects <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anybody else? Rob, you working on anything you can talk about?
0: I'm actually most of the things I can't talk about. I am. I am. I guess we'll announce it on the next one. But I'm probably going to be taking part in an online music webinar interview kind of situation. Uh, it won't be until about a month from now, so maybe we'll announce it next time. But I'm putting together a little curriculum. Nice. Uh, to be able to have an hour of stuff to talk about. <laughs> Should be interesting. I mean, it's. It's funny, a freeform conversation is one thing, but when they want to put out an agenda ahead of time and you have to actually then live up to that agenda, it's a little bit of pressure. (laughs) Uh, But I suppose I have 10,000 people watching, so I need to. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
1: That's like like a serious, like, that's like a TED talk.
0: (laughs) I'll I'll make sure to announce it on here. Probably next time will be uh, about the right timing. Wow. How
1: about you, Nick? Yeah, well, I I,
3: I alluded to this last time, but um, I finally managed to sort of rebuild my entire online website universe. And um, the, the, the biggest part of it that I was very happy about was creating a Bandcamp page in which I finally have a lot of my art music up there absolutely free for anybody who wants to le- hear weird bleeps and bloops and stuff. There's a lot of it. So if yeah, you go that. to... NicholasPeck.Bandcamp.com, or just go to Bandcamp.com and look for Nicholas Peck, N-I-C-O-L-A-S. It turns out that there is another Nick Peck musician in the world, much to my enormous irritation, who (laughs) actually also plays the Hammond organ, so don't get me started, right? (laughs) But uh, so that's why I've been that's why I've been switching over my name to to Nicholas to my to my full name. So if you're interested and you like all the weird synthesizer stuff that I talk about all the time, uh, you can go up and there's just a bunch of it up there. I just just created. There's probably an hour's worth of new music um, that I've just created since since COVID. Um, specifically for that. Nothing compared to our friend Bobby here who, you know, it sounds like he uh, poops out a CD before breakfast in the morning, but still for me, it's a lot.
2: (laughs) You can check it out and you must agree maybe it is poop after. No,
3: I'm sure it's brilliant. I'm just Uh,
2: kidding. Thank you.
1: Hey, hey Nick, I just want to tell you that I don't feel sorry for you at all. All. I mean, I think about my name, Mike Rodriguez. Rodriguez.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's
1: only 50 billion of us all over the place. You know, more than once I've had like phishing documents from like uh, legal offices send me stuff because oh. they're looking for a Mike Rodriguez that, you know, old. Owes child support or micro. It's crazy. You know, Bummer.
3: yeah, so, good point. let me just tell you. Yeah, you win. <laughs> I,
1: don't, I don't, not that I win. It's just I don't, I don't feel sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? I would, I want to shake the guy's hand that has, you know, Mike Rodriguez at gmail.com or Mike.Rodriguez <laughs> at gmail.com. Like if you go Mike Rodriguez, it would be like Mike Rodriguez. Four thousand six hundred and twenty-one at Gmail, <laughs> and that's that's even if that's available. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, all right, gang. How fun is this? This has been really fun, and and I guess the last thing I say is, you know what? If you're out there, you're feeling bum. Get a group of friends like this where you can get together and you collaborate and you can just talk online and you can just vent because it's really fun and it really helps so um if you have any comments or questions you can reach us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com that's audio at nowcastnetwork.com if you want to see the video it's on our IGTV um page but it's also now on our youtube channel audio nowcast channel so if you want to check out and see what we look like you can uh, go to the audio nowcast channel and check out the podcast Okay, (laughs) for myself and all the guys and Bobby all the way in Australia. (laughs) Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.
0: Remember to get out there and vote, Joanne. Thanks for listening to the Audio Nowcast sponsored by API and Wire World Pro Audio. The Audio Nowcast is hosted by Mike Rodriguez and features a panel with Rob Arbitier, Bobby Osinski, Scott Gershon, Nick Peck, Diego Stucco, Brandon Birdside, Martin Page, Bobby Summerfield, and maybe a guest or two. We'll see you next time.